Welcome to Lab Chats Podcast, presented by the Football Lab Soccer School. My name is Riccardo, an Italian coach living in California. Thank you for joining my journey. Ciao. So, what happened a long time ago, uh, I moved from Italy and I've been offered to coach a, a girls team, a 10 years old girls team. So I take my bike, because I didn't have a car at that time, I ride my bike in a cold morning, about good 10 miles, to go watch a game of this team of girls. And as I, as I watch the game, three players catch my eyes right away right away one very aggressive player very aggressive always running always fighting very very good player a second player very fast very fast very bright you can tell she didn't have much skill at the time she would have developed those skills but you can tell there was something there and then i noticed tati (laughs) (laughs) i noticed tati what what do you think i mean with i noticed tati and i'll tell you what i mean (laughs) <laughs> what do you what do I think? Yeah, what do you think I oh. mean with I noticed Tati oh, as a third player? Probably that she was super aware of her surroundings. Okay. Yeah. I would say speed was not her strength, definitely. Definitely. But she had such a sweet touch, a good touch of the ball that I define joking with you like a, a warm hug in a winter <laughs> cold day. And it was just natural. Not nobody taught you that. But I, I noticed that and I was very impressed, even if in my opinion that in that game you were completely playing off position. Uh, and again, like you said, I, I noticed that touch with also a particularly uh, game intelligence. Because yes, I, I, you were aware, more, to be 10 years old, you were definitely aware of your surroundings. Okay, so that's how I met you. Now you're driving your car to training. <laughs> It's been nine years later. It's been a long time. So, name. My name is Tatiana, but everybody knows me as Tati. Favorite number? Oh, uh, number 10, for sure. Favorite sport? Oh, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, American football. No, no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, soccer, of okay. course. Second favorite sport? American football. Interesting. Yeah, okay. yeah. I never, I never even. Okay. Yeah. Favorite activity out of training, out of soccer, I should say. So any creative, do any activity like studying, playing mu- music, whatever. Um. I like to listen to music a lot. Um. I also, I don't know. I like to eat. Does that count? <laughs> it's a good activity. <laughs> that Does counts. That count? as a, yeah, that's great activity. Yeah. Um. Favorite player. Soccer player. Oh my gosh. Um, don't hate me for this one. Cristiano Ronaldo. Why should? It's playing <laughs> my favorite team. Uh, okay, name three famous professional clubs. Oh gosh. You can't do this to me. Um, FC Barcelona. Okay, we have that down. Juventus. Oh, yes. And... You can do it. One more. Um, AC Milan. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> Not happy about the last one. But <laughs> I, I get it. 
Name three famous professional players. It can be men or women. Uh, Megan Rampino, Alex Morgan, and Abby Wambach. Okay. Favorite school subject Ugh, or uh, subject that you study now? In, no, not English. History. History, History okay. yes. <laughs> Favorite music genre? That's a hard one. Um, I like more, more. Yeah, I like a lot of music. Um, I like listening to rap. I like listening to alternative or like even Spanish music. Mm -hmm. um, so it just kind of depends on the day. On the mood. On yeah. the mood. Yeah, yeah. I like me. I, like, I love everything. <laughs> uh, do you speak any other language? I do. I speak Spanish. Do you know any Italian words? Uh, I'm trying to think. <laughs> um, I don't think I do. Not off the top of my head. Would you like me to teach you an Italian <laughs> word? <laughs> yeah. Um, what word would you like me to teach you? Soccer. Calcio. 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 Perfect. That means kick. Translating, but it means soccer. In, oh, in Italian, yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. You feel warmed up? Yes. All right. <laughs> Tati, why you play soccer? Why you played soccer all your life, basically? Well, I mean, to answer it simply, I love the sport, but it's something that has become a part of me. It's my second nature. It's a home when there is, you know, nowhere to go. Oh yeah, I get you. Yeah, so it's, it's a just, safe place. Absolutely, it's been for me too. Yep. In those, especially in those, everybody has hard moments. So in those moments, you know, you can rely on that. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. uh, at what age did you start playing? Oh, I started playing at four years old, okay. but I didn't start playing competitively until I was seven. Okay. Yeah. So way before I actually met you. Yeah. Okay. And did you ask your parents to start playing or they have you tried different things and in those things there was uh, soccer? Too? So yeah, I was trying different things. Um, I started off with like gymnastics. Um, I did dance for a while, but eventually soccer was... The, the thing I was the best at and so I kept playing and I kept playing and and it just grew into a love yeah. for the sport you okay. know yeah, absolutely what position do you play I play anywhere in the midfield yeah. interior or holding mid so eight ten and six just depends on every coach yeah. and everywhere where I'm needed the most basically yeah uh, I can tell. I coach. I again. I forgot to say. I coached Tatiana for three years in a team, actually, uh, and then trainer also after I stopped coaching her. And uh, it was a pleasure to to uh, have the chance to put you play whenever I needed, wherever I needed, even a, a few times as a striker. Yeah. <laughs> a little atypical, but. Mm -hmm. Um, what is your favorite position of those? If I have to, if I let you choose, okay, choose your position on the field. What's your favorite position? Oh, um, honestly, I kind of like playing as a forward uh, recently just because of like last year in my high school season, I had done really well and I was scoring a lot. But my all-time, all-time like favorite has to be the six. It's oh, okay. that holding position. It's being able to distribute the ball from side to side, you know, being able to see the whole field when you're in that position. It gives you a lot of control of the game, the pace of the game, and just every aspect of it. So that's the aspect that you like the most about yeah. that position, to be able to kind of dictate the, yep. temp the tempo of the game. Uh, Absolutely. you like. 
I, I never been that kind of player when I was younger. That's why I'm such a big fan of those players now because mm -hmm. that was something I was not able to do. Yeah, they hold they hold a lot of power there. Yeah, if you can decide a, a game there, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. You can decide a game uh, that if you control the tempo, you control the game. Uh, yeah. I heard somewhere I don't remember where one, if one coach said it. Oh, it was a, a different uh, a sports coach. Uh, there was a saying the DJ control the music of the party mm -hmm. and that position is the DJ yeah, they control absolutely. the tempo of the party and if you if you speed up the tempo everybody has to speed up and dance at that, at that tempo yeah, <laughs> so absolutely. it's a very good uh, I like music too if you can't <laughs> um, what is the most exciting thing about a game so let me let me explain what I mean uh, you kind of told me already a little bit, but uh, is it a scoring a goal? Is it beating an opponent 1v1? Is it an assist? I know for you, assisting has a huge, uh, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. So what is the, the, the thing that excites you the most in the game? Oh, I mean, scoring obviously is awesome. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't want to score? Exactly. I think assisting though is knowing that you got the person from like point A to point B, you know what I mean? So you help them get there. Um, but I love every aspect of the game. I love the competition. That's the best part about it. It's that that fight, but the fun in it too. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. You, you have to, it's something that you have to learn to enjoy though. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Because in the beginning, it's not fun. <laughs> it's just frustrating if you lose and, and have happiness if you win. Mm -hmm. But as you grow old, I remember as I grow old too, I start enjoying even the loss if yeah. I was performing how I want it. Right. Yeah. It's just doing the best you can on the field. How much winning or losing, so the final score, uh, influence your thought about your own performance? So let me explain this too. When I, grew, when I got a little older as a player, there were some games that we lost, mm -hmm. but I played really good mm -hmm. and I was happy. Yeah. I was happy. I mean, of course, you're, you're, you're not happy to lose, but you're happy about your performance. Uh, other games that uh, we won, but I didn't play good as I thought, and I wasn't happy deeply in myself. Right. So, what, what do you think? I mean, I have, like, the same thing. Like, you know, if I don't do well in a game, it's always harder for me to even accept the win. You know, I always know, even when we lose, How much winning or losing, so how much the final score has an influence uh, about uh, your thought about your own performance? So for example, I had games when I was a little older that I, uh, we lost as a team, but I played really, really good. And so deeply inside, I was very happy about my performance, even if, if we lost. And uh, vice versa, some other games that uh, even uh, if, if we won, I played poorly, so I was not very happy about it. How do you feel? Um, I feel the same way. I feel like whenever, you know, even if we do win and I didn't do very well, that there's, I always feel like a burden almost, like, ah, I could have done better. Even if we do lose and I did really well, of course I feel good, but I always feel like I can do something more. Because yeah. if we didn't win, then there was something wrong, not only in the team dynamic, but maybe in the way I was functioning in the team dynamic that day. It's like you didn't have a, a big party in it. Right, right. Yeah. right. And it wasn't enough to pull out a win. Yeah, you yeah. didn't give enough. You didn't contribute enough. Mm -hmm. yeah, I understand. 
Um, how do you stay motivated dur during those days that you just don't want to train? Because yes, there are those days, <laughs> especially again, when you grow older, then your life is more complex. There's not just school and soccer right uh, you have multiple things multiple you're busy and uh, there are days you just don't want to train yeah it's clear Absolutely. so there are th those days you have to find somewhere the motivation to keep going because uh, it's those days that in the end will make the difference absolutely and just like you had told me and something that always sticks in my mind is that training always starts when you're tired you know and that's the one key thing that has kept me motivated and it does. You become a better player when you are fighting yourself in your fatigue and you're not wanting to do something. You you grow as a person and as a player. So, so yeah, it is hard to get yourself out of bed sometimes. And when you're like, oh, I'm so tired from work or whatever. But it's the feeling afterward when you feel like a reward because you had just worked really hard at a training or, you know, you you did something that you didn't know you could do at a training and it's just the reward that you feel afterward that's yeah. amazing yeah i would i would love to take credit for that <laughs> for that sentence that i always say but it's one of my old coaches that kept repeating that and that stick in my mind so i'm just happy that stick in your mind i yeah, just passed absolutely. on wisdom from my one of my juventus coaches yeah uh, and it's so true it's just so true when you're able to train those days and you still give if you have 50 percent, give 50 percent. Mm -hmm. that's okay but that was makes you a better player, absolutely. And in life, it will work for anything. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Not just for soccer. There yeah. are those some days that you just don't want to go to work. Mm -hmm. But you will find, especially if you love what you do, that if you go, you will get rewarded somehow. Yeah. Um, are you a student of the game or you just play the game? Um, like when you don't play, do you like to watch games, to study <laughs> positions, to study? That laugh already tells you something. Um, I'd like to say I'm a student of the game, but I don't watch it enough. I would like to, to say <laughs> to to say that I am. Um, I just don't have time anymore. I'm so busy as I got older. Even when I was younger, I'd like to like watch like games and stuff. How is the how the longest? Uh, that you watched a game? Uh, I've watched a whole game before. <laughs> a whole okay? game? Yeah, I have. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I watched a whole game, especially like during the World Cup. I'll sit there and I'll watch like an that's, entire yeah, game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's like every four years. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's enough to make you better play. I don't, I don't think so either. It's, uh, it's something that I find uh, uh, in the U.S. Uh, girls could be so much better player if they watch more. So I, I always I agree tease with that. you. I always tease girls, especially mm -hmm. even the higher, higher level players like yourself, like other players, high level that I train. They don't watch enough. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a it's, different aspect. It's, that... uh, I think it's it's something I can't understand because it's a girl's mindset, <laughs> and uh, it's just I mean, different. There probably is some girls that do watch soccer, maybe if they have more time, but. I just think guys have more time to watch it. I don't know. <laughs> I think, I don't, the, I think they have different priorities. Oh, can yeah, I, can I, So one of the priorities <laughs> of a man or a boy is definitely to watch their own team. Oh, yeah. So you, they will make space out of homework. Oh, yeah. <laughs> out of other things to watch the, that game. So that's. I think that's a priority. Like Maybe. video games? Like, no, that's <laughs> I don't know. That's not a priority. <laughs> My but you know what? If you if you let me think it that way, girls might be right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Exactly.
What is your last thought before a game, before you step on the field and you start to play? My last thought is what my mom tells me. And it's con ganas. And it basically means just like with all your effort in, in Spanish. Okay. And that's the last thought and it's go time. My mind is completely focused on the game. You know, you never know what's going to happen during a game. You can never predict the outcome or what plays are going to happen. So you just have to be prepared for anything. And that's my last thought is just everything out there. Do you repeat it in your mind? Yeah, just making sure I leave everything out there. Like I don't have any regrets once I step off the fields, once the, you know, yeah. the whistle blows. Um, so do you have any lucky rituals? That's a silly question. Any like superstitious <laughs> rituals? I actually, I do. Yeah. I put on my left sock before my right sock. Okay. And then I put on my cleats before my shin guards. Okay. And then I have to jump three times before the whistle blows. It's okay. just a weird that's thing fine. I have that's to do. That's okay. That's the funny part. Yeah. So that's the silly part of, uh, <laughs> of the ritual. But it's your ritual. Yeah. You feel ready. I, I, I just I get have it. to do it. Yeah. Uh, now on the serious side of the same question, mm -hmm. uh, how do you find focus? You kind of told me already. So that's it, that's one ritual that give you focus mm -hmm. of your superstitious ritual. And is there anything else other than your uh, the repetition of uh, the, the quote Let's that your mom see. said? Yeah, um, that make you find focus, that switch your mind to game mode. Um, it's probably just when I first step on the field. Like when you step on the field, it's like a, a spiritual experience, yeah. you know? It's just like that game change. And to add with like my ritual, I step on with my right foot because okay. I want to be on the right track. You know what I mean? Oh, that's great. Uh -huh. Yeah. So that's, once you step on the field, you have to respect the field. And that's, ex that's all there is to it. So your mentality changes from, all right, you know, laughing with your teammates, you know, getting ready for the game, getting excited to, all right, now let me figure out what I have to do in order to perform my best, in order to win this game. And it's just that, that shift in focus and just being ready. Yeah. How much do you think soccer is an individual sport within the team sport? Now, of course, in our lives, uh, all the coaches and myself, I said it to the team a lot of times. Team comes before everything. Team comes before everything. But you learn very quickly, again, as you grow a little older, that uh, there is a reason why it's called your younger career individual development. Mm -hmm. Because it's actually an individual sport within the team sport. Absolutely. A college coach go picks you. A national team coach go picks you and not the whole team. Right. So how much do you think uh, it's an individual sport within the team sport? Oh, it's absolutely an individual sport within a team sport. I mean, mentally, physically. Um, mentally, you have to be ready uh, to fight yourself, kind of, and grow as a person in order to be a teammate. So you have to be able to be mentally sharp, to be mentally there on the field, to know what you're doing as a teammate. And that, and that part of that individuality and being ready in your mind contributes to how you act in a team setting you know because you're one piece of the puzzle yeah. to a bigger picture and that comes with physically too just being ready being in shape being sharp making sure your passes are on point your touches are on point yeah. everything so individually you have to be right in order to participate in a team setting I think if 
uh, those games that are four or five players, they don't show up individually, right. what a huge disadvantage the team has. Absolutely. So team sport is if any every individual is actually ready. Right. Otherwise, it's not really team sport. Exactly. Uh, what are you learning uh, from soccer? What is soccer teaching you? And I I'm, I'm mean not just uh, skill-wise or awareness-wise or tactical-wise, in life. I mean, soccer, I, I like to say talk, soccer has taught me everything about life. It's taught me discipline. It's taught me patience <laughs> more than anything. It's taught me leadership skills. It's taught me... It's taught me so much, not only about life, but about myself. You know, I'm able to grow because of it. I'm able to be a different person because of it. It's just, there's so many things that it influences in my life, yeah. in every aspect. It's, I think it's so important uh, uh, to start at a younger age, that process, and, and keep going uh, the most of the youth. Uh, so that you can actually develop into the sport and, and really this counts I guess for each every team sport mm -hmm. um, but I, I, I feel the same way it, it taught me pretty much everything mm -hmm. and then you can from there you can only get better of course it's a good base yeah okay one thing that you like and one thing that you hate about the game and about training one thing that I like um, about a game, huh? One thing that I like about a game. I mean, I like everything about a game. I like the competitiveness. I think that's mm -hmm. like the biggest thing. I love that aspect of it. Um, one thing I don't like about a game is when I mess up. I mean, does that count? Mistake, of course. Yeah, mistakes. I, I yeah. can't. I I get so frustrated. And obviously, that's something you have to overcome yeah, in the it's game. It's hard to get over within the game. Yeah, absolutely. Um. And then at training, I mean, training is not always fun. You have to do like the hard stuff too. You have to do the conditioning and the running and the this and that. So it's not always enjoyable, yeah. you know? Um, but one thing I do love about training is I love, I personally love to pass. I know that's really mm -hmm. weird, but passing is like my strong suit. So whenever we get a chance to pass at training, you so, feel good about yourself. Absolutely. Of course. Of course. Um, the, the, all the frustration, I think, all the frustration, the hard times you go to tra uh, through trainings, any trainings, especially the one you don't like, more you go through that and easier your life will be in the game. Oh, yeah. If you think it that way, you can overcome a little bit the hard part of the training. Mm -hmm. um, I personally always love just the training, the fatigue, the training, yeah. anything. The mistake was a bigger part, the biggest part. So right. when I mess up even in training, I would feel the same frustration of the game. So I would take that as a okay. How do I get over this in training? Right. So I can get over it in, 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 in the, the game. game. So, right. Uh, but without the training, everything starts from the training. I always make this uh, this example uh, between uh, school and soccer. So the the test is the game. Mm -hmm. The everyday study is the training. If you don't study every day, you're going to get to the test very anxious, very nervous because you're not ready. You know you didn't do enough. Mm -hmm. But if you st study every day and go through those hard days that you don't want to get up and, and do your things, in game will be harder. Yeah. So overall, I think it, it, it pays off. How do you deal with the doubts and fears? Oh, the game, boy. Uh, 
doubts and fears. I mean, the way that you get over it is by facing them head on. So, I mean, if you uh, say you're very anxious about a game or you're you're scared about, you know, if you go into a game scared and you play scared, you are more apt to getting hurt. You know what I mean? Yeah. And going and not being able to completely confront them, it just makes you you can't perform your best basically. Makes and you weaker inside. Exactly. And you know, there's a lot of times in my career where I've been scared. I've been scared of not performing well. I've been scared of what other coaches or players would think about me. And getting hurt. Getting That's hurt. Bad, yeah. Getting hurt, absolutely. You know, going up for headers, you know, as a yes. kid. I was yep. terrified of that. <laughs> um, but if you don't routinely, you know, face your fears and your doubts and if you don't confront them, then they will control you. Yeah. And then that will dictate the way you play and the way you perform. And you can't let that happen. Yeah. So you just have to continue to fight yourself, fight your fears, fight your doubts. And eventually you'll see yourself prove yourself wrong. Yeah. You know, you'll prove those doubts wrong. You'll prove those fears wrong because you've worked so hard to get there. Become comfortable in the uncomfortable. Right. Right. So what's the sto what's a story that uh, influenced your career, your journey so far? It can be a funny story or serious story, just a little detail or a little anecdote, if you remember any. Um, I mean, there was a point in my career where I, I almost did stop playing, and that would have been through, you know, I was having a lot of problems with, you know, coaches and honestly myself and my journey and I felt hopeless almost yeah no tools to, I had no, to face no more no. tools I had I had exhausted all of my options you know and I it just looked like I didn't have a future in the sport anymore and it was a very hard time for me and a very hard hole to dig myself out of you know but with the help of, you know, coaches, um, parents, friends, and even the strength that I end up finding in myself that I never knew I had, you know, and um, that's what pulled me up. It was just, yes, I had my rough moments, but I had to, what really fueled it was them telling me I couldn't do it. And I always reminded myself, they don't think you can do it. So show them you can, yeah. you know, and that's the biggest motivation for me in soccer. They don't believe you can do it. So work that much harder so you can show them that you can, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? So that's, what's really every instance of somebody telling me I couldn't do something was a reason to show them that I could. And that's been my motivation throughout my whole soccer career. That's a, that's a very powerful motivation. The only problem is if nobody will ever tell you you can do it, you have to find some other motivation. Right, right, <laughs> right. Um, just to keep proving yourself. Just to keep proving yourself. That's very true. Food for thought. Yeah, that is food <laughs> for thought. You caught me off guard there. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, Tati, what's the next chapter now? What's the next chapter? Uh, so, the next chapter is that I'm going to play college soccer. Uh, 
I'm moving to Baltimore, Maryland. Um, I'm going to be playing for a D3 school, um, which is Goucher College. And I'm going to be playing there for the next four years. So. And uh, what's, uh, what's, if you have any expectation, what do you expect? What's your dream for, for that part of your career? I mean, uh, I don't... <laughs> if you have. Right. Um, I do. I have uh, the expectation of hopefully bringing home um, a championship mm -hmm. to the school. Um, for starting, of course, because who doesn't yes. want to start yep. and establishing, you know, my position, you know, small goals as you go along. Mm -hmm. But eventually, yes, I do want to bring home a championship. That's mm -hmm. that's my goal. Okay, Tati, let's finish with a, with a game. I will okay. tell you three quotes, three things that you told me in the years uh -huh. that sticked in my mind for some reason. <laughs> so, the f and you can elaborate on those. If I remember them. Uh, no, I will, uh, maybe. <laughs> so the first one was uh, during a game that I don't think you were performing at your best uh, when I was coaching, uh, you were on my team. You were not having a great game or not a consistent game, I should say. It was, it was a good game, but not consistent, not as, at your, as your standard. Right. And uh, I was just talking to you on the field, try to reinforce you, try to tell you it's okay, keep going, do this, try to give you solutions to the problems that were coming up. Uh, <laughs> on, the on the bench, in a halftime, you came to me and you were pretty mad at yourself. Uh, and you told me, coach, you need to yell at me if I'm doing something wrong. And I, and I thought, and I thought, I don't remember if I told you or I just thought, no, I just need to talk to you. <laughs> I don't need to yell at you. I just need to tell you and give you the solution that in my opinion are, are a good option. Mm -hmm. Do you remember that? I, I, I definitely would say something like that. You were younger. I think you were pretty, you, I mean, it was maybe the last year. Me coaching your team. Yeah, because I still say that. Like you still? I do, even to like my coaches now or to like my teammates now, because I have to, I have to hear it. It's just something that has to like you have to tell me what I'm doing wrong so that I can fix it. Like yeah, you have to know. What sticked in my mind, yeah, I will tell you, but you you specifically no, I want to be yelling at you. Like <laughs> yeah. to, to tell you like with the energy. <laughs> yeah. I just tell you. Just... Because I know I'm doing something wrong if you're yelling at me. You know what I mean? Oh, if you're just ooh, talking to yeah. me, like it's just like okay. Yeah, I don't like that association though in your head. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might not be a good one, but it's okay. It's okay. Then the second quote and these are, from now on, they're just mostly that I kept in my mind, you will get why. Mm -hmm. uh, I think it was during a training, when I, we were training, I was not training at, at the facility that I'm training now, I was outside, I was at the park, I was mm -hmm. trying to build my own training business. Um, and we were talking about something, about uh, something technical and tactical, and uh, joking, or not joking, I don't know, you told me, Coach, you will end up changing the soccer, soccer culture over here. Mm -hmm. And I told you, that's, that's what I'm here for. That's what I moved here for. When I decided to move here, my whole goal, uh, I was a little mad that I had no choice to move. And I, as a goal, I wanted to help the American players to, be, to become the best that they can, they can be mm -hmm. and close the gap with the European soccer. Right. And possibly send some in the national team. Why not? Do you remember telling me that? I do. I do remember telling you that because I saw 
even if it was at a young age, I saw the difference in the way you were coaching and the way others were coaching. And it's not just like the style of coaching, it's what you brought to the table. You, It was a different, completely different mindset about how the game is supposed to be played. Instead of it being played, you know, in an aggressive, yeah. you know, speed manner, you brought beauty to the game. And that was something nobody in this area oh, has good. ever seen, you know what I mean? And so when you brought it to the table, I was like, oh yeah, you're gonna change the the game over here, you know? And you did, and it was, you changed people from being, you know, maybe not as competitive to other areas, and you have made players and teams competitive in order to compete at a higher level. And so yeah, you absolutely changed the game. That's that's great. The beautiful, the most beautiful thing you said in this in this <laughs> is you brought beauty to the game. Yeah, this just opened my heart. So yeah, I'm beauty very, to the game. Very very thankful. Mm-hmm. And uh, I always uh, when when uh, some uh, coaches or parents ask me uh, about their their kids or their players that they're not fast enough, they're not strong enough. Uh, to be honest, I always bring you as an example. Yeah. Uh, you are not physically the fastest. You are not physically the strongest. But you have something that nobody else had, and so what we what we focus on is to maximize those right. and make you unique for those, and it worked. Mm-hmm. And if as it worked for you, it can work for so many other players. Yeah, it just takes time and patience and work. It takes a lot of time and work, absolutely. And, uh, frustration too, <laughs> but it's we have to find a strong aspect of, of a player and, and work on those. Of course, improving the weak points too. Of course. And then, this is my. The, the last uh, quote that is really sticking in your mind because uh, I, it was, uh, we were training in the dark pretty much. I was at the park, uh, I was training at the park again, trying to look for an indoor facility to, to open and to make my training business mm-hmm. explode finally. Uh, there were no lights at that time uh, where in the park I was training and uh, it was probably 6.30, 7 o'clock and it was very dark. And uh, I was express, expressing you, uh, I, I have, I need to find a place. I need to find it because uh, I have, I, I have so many ideas. And uh, and you told me something. Uh, you will find uh, a home for for uh, the footballer for your training. I have no doubt about it. And I, I that stick really much in my mind. Uh, I don't know why you said that, but you were not. You did. You it was not just a way to be nice to me. Right. You were believing it. And yeah. that's why I thought of, of that many, many times after. You were really believing what you're saying. And like you were telling in some of your darker moments, you found something. That thing that you told me in that moment was one, one little fuel, one little sparkle to, to uh, help me to get out of my dark moment at that time. Do you remember that night? I do. Um, actually, you know, belief has a lot of power over someone and again going back to you know the darkest moments using using other people's you know disbelief in you uh can work but I also reminded myself of all the coaches who did tell me I could do it who did remind me that you have the power to to be a great player you know I had so many coaches telling me that that it kind of outweighed the negative so I knew that if you believed in me I have to believe in you as a coach and I knew that since you believed in me and made me such a better player you could do you could do it I knew you could that's I mean. great you you you, <laughs> told, you gave me something in that moment that 
probably helped me also being where I am now. So I'm very thankful for that. Oh, yeah. And something I never told you, I, I, I wanted to finish telling you that. Thank you <laughs> for that. Yep, absolutely. Uh, thank you very much for the chat, Tati. Yeah, no it was a problem. Pleasure. Absolutely. Let's get to training. Yep. <laughs> The beautiful game is where everything starts and everything ends. This journey is made of personal stories, creative ideas, regular unique people, and real experiences. Lab Chats is made of training and coaching alchemies, and the aspect that influence the science and art of coaching the beautiful game. And in the end, the journey reveals itself as the real reward.